Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. I'm Bill Snyder, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, tonight, unfortunately, we're not live due to some technical issues, but we are here. Um, so thanks so much for tuning in and being a part of our uh, podcast uh, each and every week. And we're so blessed to have you uh, joining us uh, this evening. Uh, as always, I am joined by my uh, co-host, uh, Anne DeSantis, and it's always an amazing pleasure to have her on the line. And uh, we have an amazing guest with us tonight. Anne, uh, would you like to introduce our guest? I would be so and excited to announce our guest because he's a friend of mine and someone that I admire so much. His name is Bob Charger. He's a legendary broadcaster in the Philadelphia area. He is also a radio and TV host at RVN TV. And actually, there's a story behind that as well. So welcome, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank you and Bill as well for being a part of your program. Uh, it's so nice that the three of us can get together and chat, you know, during these, uh, you know, these uh, these uh, very tender times, you know, with what's going on in our world, you know. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Um, it is a wonderful thing. And I'll, and I'll tell you, I spent many, many years uh, listening to you on WOGL, uh, riding down to my grandmother's house in the car with my dad, uh, and we would be driving down, singing oldies all the way. Uh, from Malvern to Drexel Hill, and I have many, many, many uh, positive memories of you. You are certainly a radio legend, and um, it's just a pleasure to be able to talk with you. I, uh, I uh, have, as you, as WOGL would always say, uh, rock in the cradle of liberty or rocking in the cradle of liberty, so I enjoyed uh, the many years I was able to do that, and uh, so excited to have uh, to have you uh, on on with us to talk a little bit about the Catholic faith and uh, about what's going on in our world. Um, there's just there's just so many different things out there happening today. So uh, so thanks so much for uh, for being with us tonight and um, and uh, rocking in the cradle of liberty. Uh, even though I'm transplanted to Wisconsin now. Well, we're, we're rocking in the cradle of liberty, but in, on different venues. Uh, I had 20 exciting years with CBS. Uh, might I add, uh, more than a half a century in the field of radio, television, acting, film, management, all that. So, 20 years with CBS, and the reason why I decided to get out of the radio business, so, uh, you know, God answered my prayer, and I went back to television. And I had an offer from a dear friend of Ann's, which is uh, John Raschuti with Mainline Television. And I was there, yeah. and uh, was doing some television. And I saw Ann's interview with John, and I said, what a pleasant person. Well, anyway, uh, I'm at my niece's wedding on a Saturday afternoon, and I'm sitting at the table, and there's a woman sitting across from me, and, and my brother says, folks, why don't we get acquainted here after what we hear from my niece at the wedding and this and that. The woman across from me, Lisa, uh, says to me, well, nice to meet you, and we get to talking, and one thing after another, uh, she tells me she's a television host, and I said, really? She <laughs> says, yeah, I know you from the radio. I said, yeah, and uh, she invited me as a guest on her television program, which is on RBN TV. November yeah. 2018, I'm a guest on the show, 
Uh, the other guest didn't show up that day. So what had <laughs> happened was uh, I wind up covering the whole hour. And I went into my jovial self and telling stories and ad-libbing. One of the topics was the word no problem. And, and I think you remember when I reached out to you on the telephone about being a guest on the show, I did talk to you about the word no problem and what's the origin of no problem. You know, today it's used as a dismissive way in younger folks' language. But the origin of no problem goes back to our generation of if two guys were going to go to a baseball game later that evening, and earlier that day they were out shopping with their wives, and the one guy calls the other guy and says, hey, Bill, Nick, Frank, I'm going to be about a half hour late because my wife's a problem. I'm running late myself. That's where no problem comes in, which we have said oh, is it? the young generation. <laughs> the young generation is dismissive. It's, you know, I said, you had the time? Yes, thanks. No problem. Uh, the waitress at the diner, I said, boy, I really like the coffee. No problem. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying the toast. is delicious. No problem. Everything's no problem. But that's how I wound up covering the whole hour on the TV station. Anyway, I wound up getting the station. And when I wound up hosting a show called Morning Coffee, that was more of me doing a Skype type thing with guests. Well, now... I get the offer to take Charger and Company from RVN-TV, I mean from Mainline Television, to RVN-TV, and they said, you know, you can book your own guests. You can schedule your guests. Well, I started building up a list, and I saw Ann's interview with John, and I said she would be the perfect choice as a guest. So, Ann, why don't you from there? I called you, and what happened? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll just never forget it because – when you called me, I mean, as our listeners can understand as they're hearing your voice, when you hear the voice of Bob Charger, you're just like, you stop dead in your tracks and you say, oh, my goodness, who is this? Oh, wow. I mean, I was just uh, blown away because it was a random phone call that I didn't expect. Uh, you had sent me the message on Messenger and then, you know, and contacted me. So I didn't know what it was about, but it was. Uh, an exciting opportunity for me to be interviewed on the morning coffee. And of course, I'm so grateful to you because that also led to the invitation that I was invited by RVN TV to be a TV host for the positive side, which is a show that I'm still hosting, although not hosting right at this exact moment because of the pandemic, but we'll get back to it as soon as possible. Um, so yeah, it's, I owe it all to you, Bob. <laughs> I yeah, owe I that mean, all I to you. you. I think you owe it to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell you why. Because that's right. I do. Intervention. Think about the fact that here I am, no longer with CBS. I do radio. Uh, I asked them, "You gave me these talents. Give me these talents. Please show me the way." Well, I'm with John Braschuti. We're doing, you know, mainline television. And then I meet this woman, Lisa, as I mentioned. And from there, I'm on the television station, wind up getting my own show, and then reach out the guest. But it's all divine intervention. Everything that happens in our life is through the grace of God. There's no question about it. Jesus, no question. My prayers. And, and when I saw you on TV, and I, and, I, and I, about your qualifications, you know, doing acting, commercials, modeling. I said this would be perfect for, 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 for the morning coffee show, not knowing that I was going to wind up taking Charger and Company uh, to RVN TV. So everything uh, is through the Lord. There is no question about it. And I know we share that, Bob, and it's such a blessing for me because as you and I both know that not everyone who's involved in the media and entertainment industry ha- has the same or shares the same type of uh, devotion to faith that you and I do. So it's a real blessing for me to meet someone like yourself that we can share that together. Yeah. You, I will you know. tell you in, in what we call an ego driven business, uh, the egos get in the way where they say me, I'm a great one. Me. It's all me. It's me. Sad. It's so sad. It's so shallow. And I do know of many, and I mean many who begin their day with a prayer to the almighty or throughout the day. I might tell you, Anne, like 
41 years ago, and I was working down south. Uh, I was a weatherman. I was a game show host. I did a morning TV show called Mississippi Morning. And I would go off the camera. Some of the people at the studio were really taken back by that. They said, wow, they really like that. You know, so it's just thanking the Lord for the, the moment, the opportunity, you know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Bob, you bring up a really good point about about this and about the fact that, you know, there are so many people in an ego-driven business that, um, you know, it, it, it becomes about me. I'm on stage. I'm on, you know, I am supposed to be the host. I'm supposed to be the popular, you know, person that's that, that's out there. But it, but really, it's about deflecting the the glory to God. You know, it's about deflecting the glory to God and realizing that, as you said, everything really is a blessing from Almighty God. And so, and so, I it, it's wonderful to hear that. You know, coming from somebody who you know who who I admire. You know, I I listen to you all the time. You know, coming. You know, I was a little kid listening to you all the time, and and WOGL and you know CBS Radio and all of those things that we would listen to in Philadelphia growing up. Uh, as a as a kid, inspired me to follow my path into communication studies. You know, I, I went to University of Scranton, and uh, you know, it, you know, you have an indirect hand in starting the Billy from Philly show on uh, on the uh, University of Scranton radio WUSR, and from there, you know, I ended up you know into. Uh, a different path in youth ministry, but, but, uh, you know, circled back into Catholic radio and, and now I'm, you know, really involved in, in Catholic media. Um, and, and it, it's a passion, it's a love, but, but there's something about the industry that even, even in Catholic circles where, you know, um, a lot, half the programs on, on radio, uh, you know, EWTN radio are, you know, leading with the person's name, you know, uh, you know, this is this is the uh, you know whatever the person's name is, and it's we're you know we're putting this person first. It should be about Jesus Christ first. Um, and and so you definitely raise a wonderful point. You know, um, it, it's not about it's not about us. It's about it's about Jesus Christ and however we can lead them there. Um, that's hey, the, when my departure from CBS Radio. You know, I prayed for guidance. I prayed to the Lord. I said, you know, Lord, you know, please. Show me the way. Of course, I was promised by CBS executives that I'll be returning after all this is over. And I could say good faith for them that they believe that. But, you know, CBS was getting out of the radio business. So one by one, everybody who wanted me back, everybody who promised, uh, you know, they're no longer there. A new company bought it. So be it. And it was it was probably the Lord's way of saying to me, everything has its time. So I'm not part of the new operation, but all along, the word television was always a part of my life. And the Lord introduced me, like I said, to John Braschuti with, with the mainline television, where I first yeah. met Anne, and then, you know, with RVN-TV. So now that I have the opportunity to produce, and Anne, you were like right on the top of the list there. I mean, there was like maybe 10 people I called in the Pendleton weeks. And you were on that list because I just looked for quality, but not just actors or, or, or model spokespersons, uh, different different type people of different genres. So whether it was an insurance salesman, uh, you know, somebody fashion beauty, uh, could be uh, daycare. It was a variety of topics. Yeah, you did a great job, and honestly, Bob, I think you're probably the best, one of the best, or the best host they probably have ever had over there. Because you're a real professional. Yeah, honestly. And um, I want to say this, that the top 10 events in my life, for sure, will be listed as, you know, being on your show. And I'm even including, like, my marriage and having my my kids. You know what I mean? I mean, seriously, I mean, this is one of the greatest opportunities for me that you gave me that opportunity. And I'm so grateful and the fact, Bob, that we share faith, and I know I said it, you know, a little while ago, but can I just tell a quick story is that when Bob and I drove in 
the day to to be, for me to be a guest. On the way back, Bob drove me past his Catholic parish and told me about St. Monica's in in Philadelphia. And it, it you know, you you uh, you and I prayed together right in front of the church. And it, it, to me, that just showed what kind of man you are and what's important to you. And, you know, it's, it's such a blessing to be involved in the entertainment industry when you can meet someone of faith like you. So uh, it'll just always be a very great and wonderful thing in my life. I, I always, when I say always, uh, talk about the earth I became Bob Charger. Uh, the days of going uh, to Catholic school at St. Monica's. I was there from first eighth grade. And, of course, we received communion and confirmation. And I was thinking about this earlier today as I was having breakfast saying, you know, tonight I was going to be, you know, your guest, you and Bill, on the program. And I said, well, let me start out probably around age seven, which would be. And mom and dad asked me. They said, well, you know, you're you're going to school now and you got to think about your future. What do you think you like to be? And I remember this. I was leaning up against the refrigerator saying, I'd like to be a priest during the day. And at night, <laughs> I'd like to be a comedian. I kid you not. <laughs> so you see, it was a combination of the religious order, but being the comedian at night. Wow. Yeah. The priest during the day, but like Jackie Gleason or Jerry Lewis at night. It was, but you see, that was probably the entertainment side, because I loved doing cartooning and I would create voices for the cartoons. So now let's fast forward in our grade school years. Scout. And from the Cub Scout became Weeblow, and I didn't pursue Boy Scout. Now, the big one was in 1965 when I saw some friends of mine who were Boy Scout, uh, Cub Scouts become altar boys. And I said, geez, can I get involved with that? And for the, the viewers and listeners, I want them to know that when the priest would place the host up high, most time you hear bells ring. They, 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 they like ring the bells. Well, we had an xylophone. I think I told you the story, Ann. We had an xylophone that I had to learn how to play, and it was well, something like this. It went bum, 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 as the priest was raising the host. But the other chapter was learning the Latin. So around that time, Pope Paul VI changes to the English. And the other thing is that now the altar was, uh, was, was removed from, from the actual wall, I guess you would say, more of a table, and now the priest performs the service in front of the people. See, there's a whole generation of people who don't know that. We actually grew up, that is, I did, I grew up with the priest back uh, to the parishioners. You're right. aware of that, right, Ann? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, but before Vatican II. Yeah, the extraordinary yeah. form of the mass that we call it now, right? We call it the extraordinary form of the mass now, uh, or the or the you know Tridentine rite or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing, uh, you know that that you remember that, and you know so does so does uh, you know so do my parents. They remember that. But you know, for me growing up. Uh, until I moved out and, you know, on my own and began to explore the different traditions of the church uh, as a youth minister, I had no idea that existed. You're exactly right. I'm, a, I'm of a little different generation. Yeah, I, you know, why, uh, Bill, because I'm a good reader and, I, and I, I heard a pause from you. I didn't hear anything. And I said, you know, I talk about a lot of things in my life that if you're of a certain age, I see if we're in person that the face looks like, oh, okay, or uh-huh, right, you know. So, yeah, it's true. Uh, if I can just give you the experience of what it was like pre-night to be in jacket and tie. You had to wear your Catholic school uniform, which was a dark blue blazer, the St. Monica's dark blue tie, and a white shirt. And shoe signed. The girls were on the other side of the church, and they had to have something on their head. 
uh, whether okay. it's uh, fault. And you can jump uh, in with that. What did the girls have? Probably a little veil, correct? Yeah, I would think uh, either your Bible with you or your missile and your rosemary beads. And mm. as far as the as the, the mass itself, the priest opened it up. Yes, he did the gospel, but the entire service was performed in the front of the altar. In other words, right there at the sacristy. Mm-hmm. He performed the Holy Communion. He would turn around to bless you, but everything, his back was towards the, the, the parishioners. And we would pray. That's how it was done. Now, the other thing that w- w- changed over the years was when it came time for Holy Communion, he and he alone uh, performed the service of, of, of giving you the Holy Communion. In other words, from the chalice, from the cup. The Eucharist the ministers and uh, other folks can, can do this, deacons and things like that. But, and they place it on the hand. And to me, that's another generational thing. If you are one from the priest's fingertips to your lips, that's mm-hmm. generational versus yes. younger folks who receive the Eucharist in the hand. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I was just a little bit under that because I'm, <laughs> well, I'm on the borderline between Baby Boomer and Generation X. Um, so when I was like, say, mid-70s, that's when I, I received my, I'm sorry, early 70s is when I got my first communion. And, um, yeah, we received it. Um, I'm pretty sure I received communion on the tongue for my first communion. Yes. Um, yeah, my first communion. But things changed. I mean, through the 70s, they really started to change in all those regards. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, also, when it came time to the sacraments, now here's one for you. You know, we know about baptism, you know, and confirmation and Holy Communion, and, you know, marriage and all that. Uh, but the last one, which is when we leave the earth, was known as extra unction. That's now right. It's changed the last rites, but well, the child was called ex. Do either one of you remember that? Yeah, I mean, um, now I will I will mention that right now I'm in the middle. Well, actually, almost done my master's of pastoral theology. So they even changed it. Uh, it's now the sacrament of the sick. So it's not even uh, referred to anymore as last rite day. It's that's been changed. Uh, so it's the sacrament of the sick, which is for now for anybody pretty much as long as you have an illness that's possibly life threatening. Uh, you can get the sacrament of the sick before you have an operation or, you know, something like that. Or if you're severely ill, like say these people with all the coronavirus, I'm sure that they're all, you know, eligible. But I know that priests aren't able to get into the hospitals right now to do it. So, you yeah, know, I should... yeah. as I said at one time, it was extra munction. From there, it went to the word last rites. And now you say sacraments of the sick. Sacrament of the sick, yeah. So and we should make us it's evolving as time goes by, you know. It really is because I think with the sacrament of the sick, they're basically trying to offer that sacrament not just for your deathbed. So if you're to just say you and I were going to go in and have some kind of surgery, just to be safe, we could get the sacrament of the sick, you know, before we go in to have that surgery. Because what it does is it gives you the grace to be able to endure whatever it is you're going through physically. And the other thing is it, it uh, heals you of all the sin in your life. You're forgiven of all your sins. I mean, of course they do recommend uh, to have, you know, uh, confession when you can, but it does heal your sin and, and forgive you through God. But also uh, if there is a possibility of the healing of your body that can happen with the sacrament of the sick. There's people who have been healed and um, I'm even one of those people because I, I had a severe heart condition, which Bob, uh, which I think both of you know, Bob and you uh, Bill know about. And that was what happened with me was I was healed of the, uh, what, what I was going through at that time. So, um, 
keep that in mind for all these people we're praying for, right, with the coronavirus. So you also want to say that when it came time for Holy Communion, you know, your first Holy Communion, I remember the priest and the nuns saying over and over that when you receive the host, it is food for the soul. You have food for your body, but you need food for the soul. Also, the other thing was... Wow. Yeah, yeah, food for the soul. Also, there was a very long that the priest would would repeat before you received the host. That's another. See, I started thinking about what was, and I thought it was good if we discussed these things because, again, generations are not aware of this. Uh, no. The first Holy Communion, you wore in a total white outfit. Everything was white, white shirt, white tie, white, white suit, white suit, white shoes, everything. Same thing with the young lady. Yeah. yeah. From host to the lips was 30 seconds long. That was changed to body of Christ. Right. Oh, okay. No, tell us a bit more about that. How did that work? So how did that work? You said it went from 30 seconds long to just body of Christ. Well, the priest, it was more, he, you couldn't really hear what he was saying. He was speaking, but it was very quiet. And it was in Latin too, correct, Bob? chalice ready to give it to you but he would do this 30 second prayer and wow as you saw his as you saw the host come out heading towards your lips you would open up the mouth and have it placed on your tongue but i remember at least 30 seconds of, of this prayer that he would repeat wow so of course the altar boy had the tray under the got was dropped but i Somewhere along the way, it was shortened to body of Christ, and now you participated, and you said amen. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't say amen before. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We didn't say anything before. We just, he spoke, uh, and then as he uh, goes into the chalice and ready to place it on your lips, the prayer is over, and you receive the host, and then next, next person. But it was at least a 30-second prayer. It was changed to body of Christ, and now you reply, amen. Other things that I noticed about the shaking of hands, that was not done years ago in the church. And as mm. you mentioned before, the forgiveness of sins, bow your head and forgiven of sins, is like a, a different form of confession instead of going on that Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating, oh, yeah. Bob. But I mean, you know, the 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 number of things that 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 our church has as a rich history, you know, um, and and tradition. There are there are so many amazing things, Bob, that that we have as a treasure of of, of history, but also living tradition, like you know. I, I encourage you. I mean, you know, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, now Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, when he he actually gave a special, um, I don't want to say dispensation, but he gave a special um, recognition to uh, certain orders of of priests, uh, the uh, the 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 priests of Saint John Canius are one of them, and and they are um, to carry forth. The tradition of the uh, Tridentine rite of the extraordinary form of the Mass, and so their order kind of protects that liturgy, um, very very much so. And so I've had the privilege out here in Wisconsin to be able to experience that. And so there are different orders of priests, and you know that that you can go to if you're interested in what Bob's saying, and maybe you haven't. Um, you know, in, encountered the mass in that form, which we call the extraordinary form, um, and I really encourage you to 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 just uh, Google or look up the extraordinary form of the mass, and there will be certain orders of priests or certain um, uh, areas in the in areas in the diocese that are that are able to offer that type of mass, and it's very beautiful. Um, it's a it's a very beautiful liturgy, and uh, so I really encourage you. Um, you know, if you if you're 
resonating with what Bob is talking about tonight um, to, to go and check it out. Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be this super, um, you know, con, uh, conservative person or this liberal person. Like, 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 there's none of that. Just go participate in the church tradition um, and the history of it. I mean, I remember on our college campus, University of Scranton, which was run by Jesuits, um, they offered actually a Byzantine rite mass um, on our campus where, where you would receive communion on a spoon. Like the, like, like the priest would put the spoon in your mouth and he would, and he would give you communion on the spoon. Um, and, it was, and, it was, and, and that's a rite in the mass called, you know, rite of, of, of the mass called the Byzantine rite. Um, so there are so many different um, traditions within our church that you can learn about and you can participate. And so, Bob, I'm so glad you're talking about this, um, you know, I, and, and I sharing with us. like because of the age, yeah, the age factor, I feel the age factor uh, with the knowledge of what I remember, I should pass on to other generations because I noticed that they're not familiar. Example, I wasn't born in World War II. I was born after World War II. And, you know, they would talk about what happened in World War II. And the other thing, Ann and Bill, especially with music, me being in the music industry, they would talk about the big bands, the big bands, the big bands. Well, example, I didn't know that Frank Sinatra was a big band singer with, with Tommy Dorsey and Harry James. I knew nothing about it. To me, as a boy growing up, Frank Sinatra was a solo artist who recorded on Capitol Records with, yeah. uh, you know, with, with All the Way and you know, High Hopes and all those songs. Not realizing that he came around, what, uh, uh, 55, 45, 15 years earlier, 1939. I didn't know that. Same thing wow. with Wow, I didn't know that either. Well, was a guy on TV, you know, on Wednesday night and Saturday night on NBC and CBS. I knew nothing that Perry Como had a radio show back in the 40s. But how could you know? Because you weren't born. But I sought the information because I was interested about what happened before. You know, even being a radio broadcaster, radio wasn't playing records on the radio. Everything was live back then. Right. Everything was live. Everything was live. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have memories of you. I have memories of you on OGL, just like Bill said. Yes. <laughs> For our listeners, uh, Philadelphia area, WOGL was oldies. Oldies 98, right? So, I mean, well, back still then, is. Well, up until 2000, up until 2000, yeah. Oh, okay. Call that anymore. Yeah, it's all, it's all 80s now, 80s and beyond, yeah. 80s and 90s, yeah. Yeah. Well, they have to be, because, yeah, time moved on. Right, right. And, you know, yeah. You have to be relevant, and that's the reason why it's fine-tuning. Uh, I wanted to say as far as the actual job itself, when I started out in the broadcasting business in the late 60s, we played 45s and 12-inch vinyl albums. From there, we went to look like 8-track tapes, but they were actually cartridges. The songs were recorded on a cartridge, uh, so we didn't have to scratch the records, and they would keep the actual copy in, in the file, and we would use actual tape cards. From there, it went to CD. And then from CD, it went to what we call Audio Vault, where the actual song is digital. Yeah. So when I was doing a show, my final, say, 10 years with CBS, I didn't... Well, as I, I said to my management, I said, you know, it's funny. I said I started my career as a disc jockey playing records that became, became a CD jockey. And now I'm a mouse jockey because the mouse <laughs> everything. That's funny. It's true. You went through all, all, all four phases. I also wanted to say uh, early other traditions of the church. Example, uh, having the opportunity of being the altar boy for a while. One of our duties was when the, there was a section of candles that. Or hey. 50 cents to light an actual wax candle well it was our job when all the candles you know officially burned out we would have to take a scraper and scrape the uh, uh, I guess you would call the candle holders 
we, we would say, no, 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 uh, please go here. These are the new fresh batch of candles. We want <laughs> scrapes. Well, two factors with that. Number one, because they're afraid of fires. Because I remember in certain churches, there were actual fires because of the candles. You know, accidents happen. So they now went with this new, I guess, electronic contraption here. When you put the quarter in or the 50 cents or whatever, then the light would uh, burn for many hours. But that's one tradition I do remember. And the other thing was this. Everything was organ. Church yeah. organ, the music. Wow. I would say probably, well, the folk era, I always say, started out around 1957, 58 with groups like the Kingston Trio. And then later, of course, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and some of those folk acts. So what was happening around 1962-63, they wanted to try the guitar mass for younger folks. Interesting, you know. So around that time, 1963, and, and, and I remember, if I could speak about uh, history for a moment, about... The late, Please do. The, early 60s. Uh, the Kennedy assassination changed everything in the world. And, and I may say this about our lives in general. I always said growing up as a young boy from the 50s, that 50s into the early 60s was, in other words, little Johnny boy wore his haircut just like daddy. He wore a two-pocket shirt buttoned down. Little Mary just wanted to be like her mommy and her grandparents. And we were just carbon copies of our parents. We wanted to emulate and be like them. Never, ever, never, uh, you know, what we were calling dungarees, which were jeans, uh, always dressed properly. Shopping, we always had to have a nice bath and dress. And a lot of these uh, things have changed over the years, you know. Mm. So now, after the Kennedy assassination... Things changed. The first thing I can tell you on the music pop charts, all the songs from after November 22nd, leading up until the Beatles of February 64, were all soft songs. In fact, the singing nun had a song called Dominique in December of 63, and that was number one for three weeks. So here we have wow. Dominique, yes, Christmas time of 63 on the pop chart. Okay, going straight through until the last week of January when Bobby Vinton had the song called There I Said It Again, which was actually a song popular in 1945 by Vaughn Monroe. He sung it, went to number one for three weeks, and then the British invasion began with the Beatles at number one, but I want to hold your hand. So what was started to change? Also, the protesting, which you never had before. Oh, yes protesting, uh, something called the Beatnik Generation. To me, Peter and mm-hmm. Paul Mary, though they were folk, the two guys, uh, Paul Stokey and, uh, and Peter Yarrow, were the, were the goatees. And they were like part of the Beatnik Generation. It was called Beatnik, who later morphed later into the late 60s as hippies. But I noticed yeah. that before was the change. 60, and I'm a young boy. I'm like 11 years old, watching the change. Mm. All of a sudden, the protesters. Uh, people going against the government, uh, folk music, protest songs. It, it just started to change. And I would say that the Kennedy assassination, from that point on, the world changed. And here's mm. another thing I want to say about John Kennedy. Isn't this quite amazing? We say the word Christian. What is that? A Christian is a follower of Christ. Whether you That's are right. Roman Catholic... Or you're Protestant. It doesn't matter. You know, uh, if you're Protestant, there are so many different denominations of Protestant. <laughs> but the main focus is Jesus Christ, okay? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. So Christ yeah. is the answer, you know. But oh, yeah. The, the, but the country itself, during the debate, 1960 with Richard Nixon and Kennedy, the news commentators were saying, well, the problem with Kennedy is that he's a Roman Catholic. And I said, what is that? I'm like, how old am I? Seven years old? I say, well, what is wrong with that? That he's a Roman Catholic. He still believes in God. But you see how the country has changed? You know, oh, yes. The problem with Kennedy was he was a Roman Catholic. 
that's a problem? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to say to you folks, it, it's just quite amazing how things yes. evolved. But I would say that, that Kennedy assassination on was the beginning of the, of, of the United States and the world going in many different directions. As yeah. I said, if I may say, mm-hmm. little Johnny boy and little Mary wanted to be like mom and dad. The next generation were more like hippie type, long hair, love beads. And then oh, yeah. the next generation were more like disco people. And then the next generation was more like punk rock. But I'm saying everything right. was no, it's totally right. I was born ever from the time I was born up until around 1963, and then it started to change. Uh, that that's that's really the beginning, and and same thing with the church, with with, with Pope Paul with changing the mass to, uh, uh, to from Latin to uh, English. I think it was all wonderful changes. I really do. I'm so glad you shared all that, Bob. I always love when we have conversations because you know so much and can you know, educate, you know, like some of the people that listen to this podcast aren't, you know, aren't in their 50s or 60s, you know. I mean, I'm I'm right on that border, like you were saying, about 1963. I'm only 30. I'm only 39. I just read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like 39. you remember. Yeah, you remember, I, I read like, about it. I read about it. And when you want <laughs> the opportunity to come on as a guest I'm going to talk about growing up as a child with some Catholic experiences. And one of the other experiences I have was in the summer of 66. And I remember this like it was yesterday. We would go to a town called Margate, which was maybe three or four miles away from Atlantic City on the east coast of New Jersey, the Jersey Shore, as we call it, for the folks listening around the world. Margate. Mm -hmm. Margate is noticed for the famous landmark Lucy the Elephant. Uh, <laughs> I have to laugh. Family, yeah. It's true. What do you think of Margate? My family had family friends in Margate. In fact, their family wound up uh, being sponsors for my brother's confirmation and also my sister's Holy Communion, their family. So we would go to Margate. I always had a raft. And I was like a whale. I mean, in the afternoon, just being on my raft and enjoying myself. Well, one Saturday afternoon, I'm on the raft having a great time. And who knew about the undertow? And I was slowly being pulled out, not realizing when I turned around and looked, and I saw how far away I was from the lifeguard. And not too far from me was the woman, and I say the woman because all the women back then were the, they looked like uh, football helmets back then. To cover the head. Most women at that time would wear this headpiece or rubber to cover their head uh, for the salt water. Well, this woman's no more than maybe 10 feet from me. And the lifeguard, the lifeguard is, is with, in their boats coming towards us. And she's out there, and I'm out there on the raft. I'm saying, what's going on? And she says, can you help me? She says, I can't touch bottom. I got my raft with both hands, and I came towards her, and I said, Hi, how you doing? And she says, Thank you, young man. I'm Sister Whatever. I said, You're a nun. She said, Yes. And she takes hold of the the raft. I said, Please, come with me. So she's on one side. I have my hand around her back, and at the (laughs) other hand, I'm I'm waving. I'm I'm, I'm so... gives me an oar, and gives her an oar, and he pulls us to safety. And he, they told us when we came back to shore, you're very lucky you were being pulled out by the undertow. Is that amazing? Because it was only the sister and I. That's all it was. There was no one else. I can't there. imagine. But we how, so how old were you, Bob? Twelve. How old were you, Bob? Twelve years old? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, she, yeah she, she was out there by herself, and I was out there. We were just having fun. She was, like, enjoying the way but I turned around. I said, where's everybody? You know? I just started drifting out. <laughs> but I just remember. So my mom was so proud. She's telling all the people on the beach, my son just helped save a nun. And it's a- <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad. Story. In, in, mo- in modern times, about 20 years ago, uh, I became very friendly with with a, with a nun who was uh, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. Her name was Sister Paula Breyerschmidt. Now, here in St. Monica's Diocese in South Philadelphia, she was a, 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 a nun. She was a nun, but she also did art, religious art, through clay and paintings. In fact, the American Academy of Sacred Arts exists at 17th and Rittner in South Philadelphia. And I don't know if I showed that to you that day. Do you remember me leaving St. Monica's Church, and I may have said to you, this is where the sacred arts are, are performed or no? Do you remember that day? I don't remember that. I remember now. I'll make you laugh. I remember you showed me some of the mafioso uh, little fights. Oh yes, I, I have to show you. I have to show you where where the family decisions are made. I said to you, yeah, the family decisions. Yes, you did show me that. But I became very good friends. She has since passed on, and uh, I think about it with a uh, religious art. Uh, auction for her. Uh, I'm trying to think if it was either Chatsworth, PA, or wherever it was, but I remember being there as the MC host for her paintings to raise money for her foundation. I remember that. So I guess throughout the years, I, I've always been doing something, you know, along the way spiritually. But of course, it's all through the Lord. And you and I meeting is all through the Lord. It is, Bob. Mm-hmm. Bill, I'm so honored that, you know, I mean, who knew I was coming out of your radio? I hope, hope you didn't mind me coming out of your radio. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, you know, you know Bob, I mean, you know, you think about it, though, Bob, like, you know, about the number of people that, you know, that you touch just by doing that. And I think I, I think there are so many parallels just in your conversation tonight with us about, you know, how times change, how the church moves forward. And how we're going to see uh, a new reality for the church coming out of this whole pandemic. This is going to shape, just like the, the Kennedy assassination shaped the, the culture and the church, uh, we're now going to see how this shapes our culture and our church again. And, you know, this, there's that, um, I, I'm going to use the, uh, the, the Latin Tantum Ergo lyrics in English as an example of that. You know, it, it says, um, newer rights of grace prevail, right? There, there's a, there's a um, line in that song where it says, newer rights of grace prevail. And, and it, it's so true. You know, we're going to see the newer rights of, of God's grace enter into our world in a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit through this, uh, through this time, through this crisis where we're all, um, you know, watching our world be transformed. And so I, I just listening to you talk tonight and, and being able to converse with you. And uh, there, there are so many blessings in what you're talking about. There's such a rich history to the Catholic Church, uh, rich history to Christianity and our faith. Um, and. And, you know, it's plugged into our culture. It's plugged into our time. And so what a beautiful, um, what a beautiful uh, person. I can't wait to have you back on the program. Um, and, you know, definitely have, we're going to have you back and have you live uh, once we figure out all this technology um, <laughs> and everything as well uh, so that yeah. some of our listeners can ask you some questions and, and interact oh, I, with I would you. love that. Well, this you was know. like this was a drive through. This is really a drive through for the three of us and our listeners. And then uh, maybe the next time we we can do that. Yeah, uh, oh, I want to say we're talking. We yes, yeah, talk about uh, today. Example, when we got hit with this pandemic, and I heard that the churches are going to be closed. I said, "What?" But right. they were having masses on television. Now that's modern. Well, right. you know, we would see uh, you know midnight mass on TV. You know, by way of satellite through the Pope. You know, uh, we would see that on, on on Christmas Eve. But having mass on television or the internet. That was having it on the Internet. And I want to share with you, Anne and Bill, the last story I can share had to do with Easter Sunday. And as Thank you know, you. Uh, last, last spring around this time, I didn't know. In fact, this is the first time I'm sharing this with the public. Uh, I didn't know how sick I was. And what I mean by sick, 
I, I didn't know. I thought I was fighting a cold. I thought I was fighting a cold, and I was taking cough medicine. But I noticed every Friday when I was doing the shows, I was getting weaker and weaker. And I couldn't walk five feet without huffing and puffing. Uh, there is a local uh, drugstore, uh, pharmacy store, two blocks away. And it took me over a half hour to get there. I could sure. walk, you know, uh, I could walk 20 feet and stop, catch my breath. And this went on and on and on. Anyway, and uh, as you know the story, that uh, I wind up uh, admitting myself to the hospital to get checked. They said that I had a prior heart attack whenever. And while I'm in the hospital, they claimed that another heart attack is coming on. Oh. And amazing that I was in the hospital at that moment uh, with the ambulance going to the hospital, uh, operated on for a triple bypass. And might I add, you don't. Six. You look at your life and you say, you know, I made it this far in life. And I know coming up on Wednesday, I'm going through this major operation. And I don't know what's going to happen. So I was thanking God as I was in the hospital bed for my life, saying, do what you will with my life. I am pleased. And what I mean by that, Anne, and I never said this to you, but I said if it had to end today or tomorrow, everything that I set out to do in my life has been answered. For me, wanting to be a cartoonist, to, you know, wanting to be the radio DJ, to being a host, radio, television, acting, film, uh, sharing things with people, interviewing people about their lives, newspaper columnists. I did it all. So I said, you know, uh, if it does wrap up, I am pleased. So, here we are, the operation, and several hours later, I hear the nurse calling my name. And as you know, though I am Bob Charger, I was born Carmen. And I was born Carmen because I was born on the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. When it came time to choose a middle name for, I think, confirmation, right? Is it for, no, it's, it's for uh, confirmation? Yes. yes. Yeah, confirmation. You choose a middle name, right? So I'm... Let me do uh, uh, Mary, and then I'll make it Joseph, because my father's middle name was Joseph. So I became Carmen Joseph. And you know, when you go to the church, there's Christ in the middle and the crucifix. On the left is the statue of the Blessed Mother. On the right-hand side is, is, is Joseph. So I said, there it is, Christ, Mary, Joseph. So that's what I wanted to share. And also, the, the wow, beautiful nurse call my name Carmen Carmen and, and I woke up I said uh, yeah she says okay you're in the recovery room she says we're going to remove those tubes from your mouth and uh, you're you're waking up now so I said to her oh okay I made it I said well I didn't see any angels with with harps or devils with pitchforks and she started laughing and I went back to sleep that's the once they're out <laughs> <laughs> Going to, so again, with the Lord, he had a plan. And then, and as you know, several months later, I went back to the hospital again for what we call a hematoma. I wound up with this hematoma in my leg. And so I was in the hospital in May, and I was in the hospital again in October. And again, going through the operation, I had no idea. But thank God that's all behind me now. So what I wanted to wrap up here was saying about... Uh, I, 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 I wanted to go to church. And I said, you know, I called St. Monica's, and they said, yes, we are open, noon to six, but no mass. And I just want to tell you about this final experience. St. Monica's, well, and you saw from the outside of the building, it's, it's humongous. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, the old Catholic-style church. And everybody I've ever spoken to who goes to that church will say, when you're in St. Monica's, you really feel like you're in church because it mm-hmm. has that look about it. There's just something about it. And, of course, I take it for granted because it's my parish. Talk about a final personal experience. Here we go. 
So I'm on the phone earlier. They say, yeah, yeah, you can come in through the side door the whole bit. So I come in. I walk up the steps. It's Easter Sunday about 3 o'clock. I walk in, and I didn't see holy water. I saw Ooh. And then on the other location where you can get holy water was in the bottle, the holy water. I am in the church looking around, not a soul. Not a soul. It was me and Jesus Christ in the church. I walked from the back to the front, right to the front of the altar, and I prayed. And I looked around and I said, my God, I am the only one little uh, time with, with, with Christ. And I said to Jesus, I said that moment, I said, Lord, the beginning of Christianity today, with your resurrection, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I said, and you, Lord, have touched me and giving me life again after what happened to me. And mm. I'm here today. I'm ready to cry. I'm ready to mm. Yeah, I'll let it out. I said, I said, you have given me life again. You gave me another chance. And I think you can hear I'm getting emotional, but that's fine. It's good. Yes. It was just it's me and Jesus Bob. in me and Jesus in the church. Nobody else. It was, it was a That's moment. I mean, I, this is my parish, and I went in there, the entire church. It's just me and God. I said, this is amazing. And I was there about wow. minutes. Oh, I said some prayers. I said some prayers. Wow. That's, that's amazing, Bob. Thank you. I, I guess, yeah, and I say so this uh, to both you, Bill and Ann, that there, there's a, there, there's a, uh, there is a, uh, a plan he has for me. And I don't question whatever the plan is, but I do thank him several times a day for the gift of life. And I want to say, I guess it's around our time to wrap up. I just wanted to say uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, anytime we can praise his name, I'm there for the cause. Because I, I, uh, I, I don't understand people who the Lord or they're agnostic or whatever. And I kind of shy away from these people. I say, shame on you. Shame on you. You know, you know, you really believe that this earth began through two specks of dust in the in the in the universe. That's how you believe the earth began, the world began by two specks of dust. I'll question it even further. How did the two specks of dust get in the universe? Where did the two specks of dust that feel that's how the world began? It's it's so crazy. If they don't believe in creation, shame on them. Shame on them. Really, you know. So again, I want to thank you both for the time today. Yeah, no, oh, Bob, this Bob, has been thank phenomenal. You. Thank you. Uh, and as I said, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, you will be no stranger to uh, to, to sowing hope. So uh, thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you so much for sharing your faith with us and uh, and and fulfilling the dream of uh, a, a little uh, <laughs> a little kid riding in his dad's grand marquee. Uh, down to uh, Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania, because uh, that's what I remember listening to. Uh, you know, listening to WOGL with uh, with you on the air, and uh, it's just a uh, it's just a great great blessing. Well, you see the Trinity once again, how God works. The fact that I now had my own show, can invite guests, knew about Anne with appearing on TV, uh, with her background, modeling, doing commercials. I said, perfect. And then with you telling me that I was coming out of your radio speaker and somewhere along the way I influenced you, and look at you, how proud I am of you, that here you are as a host doing something for the Lord. <laughs> you see? So it, it, we, we are not to question. We're not yeah. to question. We no, you're just right. do. That's, you're right. You're right. You're, that's exactly we right. We just so. do. <laughs> exactly. And I will be returning somewhere uh, on TV, so oh. give my love. To Keith and Laurie and the crew, okay? I will. Oh, I will. Maybe they'll even get to hear this podcast and make a shout out oh, to Keith nice. and Laurie. And thank uh, you both, Keith, Keith and Laurie. And Laurie. Keith, we do. Uh, Ann and I do. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to hone our craft on your television station. And you know, it's funny if I may wrap up about the TV station. When I met with Keith, I said to him, "I said, so people are not going to watch these programs on TV." He says, "No, they're going to watch them on the internet." I oh, I said so. That's the future. He says no, Bob. It's not the future. It's now. 
And what are we doing? <laughs> right? right? What he are we doing? He did say that. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So no, it's doing? a pleasure to work with them. And I thank you, Bob. Bob, you're a friend of mine. I wanted to wrap up with a prayer. Bill's and also like a, start the when prayer, I say Bill, friend, both yeah. of my friends, yeah. yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. Wrap thank up you. in prayer. Absolutely. Bill, Ryan, start the prayer. All right, sure. You know, Father, Son, okay. Holy Spirit, amen. God, we just thank you so much for this uh, time uh, on the air tonight. We thank you for the gift of sowing hope into broken hearts. Um, and for all our listeners who are listening to this, uh, we just we just hope that you are um, touched in some way. And we, and we challenge you to grow in faith uh, but from hearing this message. We challenge you to reach out, to be a positive voice in the culture amidst that we are living right now. Uh, we entrust all of these things to the sacred heart of Jesus through the immaculate heart of our blessed mother Mary. And um, until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry and at Sewing Hope, we thank you so much for, for tuning in. Until next time. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Join Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry on Saturday, April 25th for a free online event entitled A Time for Compassion, Stories of Perseverance, Faith, and Hope. From 10 a.m. until 11.15 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube Live. Speakers include Mike Provenzano, Robert Bren, Loretta Graham, Cherise Morello-Pons, Kendra Von Esch, and Anne DeSantis. For more information about the event, visit the Fiat Ministry Network YouTube channel.